Hey, we're glad to see all of you today, and uh, may, may you have a Merry Christmas, and Will, you did a fabulous job, man. That was awesome. Loved it. You kind of got, in, Will, you really got inspired, and then Becca kind of messed you up a little bit by <laughs> trying to cue you, you know, but uh, you did a great job, okay? We're going to turn and look at some verses of Scripture here in just a minute in uh, Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 2 in just a second. And uh, while you're finding that and looking for that today, I want to uh, let you know that on Christmas Eve, we will be doing a virtual service on Christmas Eve. It won't be in person, but it'll be online. And so that is going to be, we're going to probably do it at 6 o'clock. And I'll talk to these media guys. I, I, I really like to post that thing like 6, 8, 10, and midnight. Okay, that'd be cool, okay? And so we'll be doing that, and uh, we'll, we'll have some more information about that. Virtual service, virtual Christmas Eve service, okay? So join us, if you would. And we want to welcome all of you that are here today in person and those that are watching online today. And do me a big favor, okay? And uh, if you're here and you can do this, it would, be, it would be awesome. I don't know if you'll be able to or not, but if you're watching online, share this message, share it with your friends and to help us get the word out, uh, help us get the good news out, all right? And uh, because Jesus lives, and uh, he came as a baby, uh, but he lives, and he's my Lord and Savior. We're looking here at Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse number 8 says this. Very familiar story. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, They were guarding their flocks of sheep, and suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified, but the angel reassured them. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger, And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village. They found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. And the shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. Over the past few weeks, we've been talking about Christmas past Christmas present and Christmas future. And a couple of weeks ago, I talked to you about Christmas past. And many of you have got, every one of us have got something that happened in Christmas past. We've got something that we can remember. We've got that time that we can remember whether we were a child or a teenager or a young adult or a young married couple or maybe your first ch- child was born, or, or you were just a young family. We've got these memories from Christmas 
past. And whenever I think about Christmas past, one of the, one of the greatest memories that I have is of a tree, a Christmas tree that I bought two days before Christmas. You ever, you ever try to buy a Christmas tree two days before Christmas? It's almost impossible to find a decent tree. And so uh, it was very late in the Christmas season. My mom is here this morning, this morning and uh, my mom had been very sick and, and, and had, just hadn't been feeling very well. And uh, it, it was such a long time ago, I can say this, she was having a lot of severe financial problems at the time. And I remember it's two days before Christmas, or just a couple days before Christmas, I told mom, I said, Mom, what about the Christmas tree? And she said, well, Bobby, this year we're not going to have a Christmas tree. She said, I've been sick, and I just don't have the money. Back then, we didn't have an artificial one. All right, they, they made them, okay, Eric? They did have artificial trees, okay? But we didn't have one in the closet that we could pull out. And so we would go buy one. Barbara, every year we would go buy one. And so... She said, just don't have the money this year. I just don't feel like I can do it. And it's like, I told her, I said, Mom, we got to have a Christmas tree. And so she said, well, I just can't get one. And so it's two days before Christmas. I had recently turned 19 years old. I, had, I was not married. I was still at home. And so two days before Christmas, I get this brilliant idea. I am going to purchase the family Christmas tree. And I went to the Christmas lot the tree lot. It's almost bare. It's almost empty. There's Danielle, there's just a few branches laying around there. There is one tree, okay? And I look at it. It looks pretty decent. It's okay. It's like, wow, it's not a bad tree. So I, I buy the tree. I take it home, and mom's sick. So I start setting the tree up. I get the stand out. I get all the ornaments. I get everything out. I'm all excited about it because blood... I'm only 19 years old, but man, I'm providing for my family a Christmas tree. And, by, and it's a great tree, too. It's probably going to be one of the best ones we've ever had before. And so I start setting this thing up. And I worked on that tree for probably 30 or 45 minutes. And I finally came to the conclusion that this tree had a crooked cris uh, trunk on it. The, tr the tree trunk went just like this. It went straight up. 90 degree over, 90 degree up, okay? But it looked pretty good. And I thought, I know, surely I can get this tree to stand up. And I tried everything I possibly could, James. I tried to cut a little bottom of the tree off. I tried to get some two by fours and build a base for this tree. And after working on this tree for two solid hours, I could not get this thing to, to uh, stand up for anything. And so we lived at, at 1307 Isom Drive in Jefferson City, Missouri, over by Morrow Heights, High, uh, Morrow Heights Elementary School. And I remember walking into our kitchen. I opened the back door, and it was like two-store, you know, like there was a basement, so it was like up a little bit. And I remember I got that tree. I picked that tree up just like this, picked it up, and I walked straight to that back door, and I threw that tree out in the backyard. And I told mom, I said, guess what, mom? You're right. We're not having a Christmas tree this year. Okay? You say, well, that's a sad story. Well, all hope is not lost, okay? Because my, gra my grandparents were very cutting edge, all right? They had an extra tree that was made out of industrial military-grade tinsel. You ever seen one of those trees before? So we got that tree, and we had that tree. But that's one of my memories from Christmas past. Every one of us has got some memory. It, 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 it's a hilarious story now whenever I think about it. 
So I talked to you a few weeks ago about Christmas past, and we learned this. The origin of Christmas is this. It's not so Santa Claus could come, but the origin of, of Christmas is so God could reconcile himself back to fallen man through his son, Jesus Christ. That is the meaning, and, and, and that's what it's all about today. I also talked about Christmas past is the key to your present life. It's also point number three was this. Christmas past is the key for your hope for the future. That if you will find the Jesus Christ of Christmas past, the Jesus that gave his life on the cross, the, the, the Christ that rose on the third day, that he is the key for your, not only present, but also for your future. And then last week I talked to you about Christmas present. That in spite of all of the doom, in spite of all the hopelessness and the gloom of this world, that hope prevails in Christmas present. There's still hope. Yes. There's still peace. God is still on his throne today. I also talked to you about we got to make prize a, praise a priority in Christmas present. And then finally, I challenged you last week that, you, that every one of us need to renew our faith in Christmas present. Not, not the holiday but the true meaning of Jesus Christ, making him our Lord and Savior, rededicating our life to Jesus Christ. You say, Pastor Bob, that's just for, for little kids. That's just for grandma and grandpa. No, he came to give us life. The thief comes, come, comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus Christ has come to give abundant life, according to John 10, 10. And there's hope today. There's hope for the present, there's hope for the future. And this week, I want to talk to you about Christmas future for just a few moments. You see, because of Jesus Christ, we have a glorious future ahead of us. Because the, the curse of sin and death has been broken. You see, because our future is not death, because of Jesus, our future is life and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 2, we see the birth of Jesus Christ. And on the night that Jesus was born, the angels appeared to the shepherds as they watched their sheep. Now, obviously, there was, this was an unusual sight. They were frightened. But the angels told them, they said, listen, we've come to bring you good, good news and great tidings of, of wonderful joy because Christ has been born in Bethlehem. And the angels declared on that night that Jesus Christ was the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Savior of the world, and that he had been born in that city of Bethlehem. Point number one I want to talk to you for a few moments about is this, that every one of us have got to have a firsthand encounter with Jesus Christ. In a couple of weeks, I started working on a message yesterday. I'll probably speak on it maybe next week. I was, I was talking about... Uh, your, your, your own faith is important. Every one of us has got to have our own faith. Every one of us has got to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I've had people tell me before, and they said, listen, Bob, it seems like your life is so good and my, my life is a disaster. What's the difference? Jesus. Does it mean I've got problem-free living? No, Jesus is the reason. Every one of us, God intends that we have a first and encounter with Jesus. The shepherds were no different. They needed a first-hand encounter with Jesus. So they left their flock, they left their place where their flocks were. The shepherds went to see for themselves. They came to see Jesus 
from wonder and curiosity. You see, some people come from wonder and curiosity to check Jesus out, to check out this God thing. They're curious about it. I have a, a friend of mine. He was curious about a revival service. He had heard about all these crazy fanatical holy rollers. So he went to a revival to check it out for himself. He was curious about the things of God. You know what happened? He heard the gospel message and got saved that night. Why? Because he had a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. When you have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ, everything changes. You see, some of the shepherds might have come from duty or the expectations of other, and, and the foreman shepherd might have said, hey, listen, guys, we're going to go to Bethlehem, and uh, we're going to check out this, this Messiah thing. And some of them might have said, what's the use going? Well, the boss says we got to go, so let's go. So they went anyway. You see, some people are so proud to seek Jesus. They want religion, but they want it on their own terms. They say this is a free gift of God. It's, it's got to be a ripoff. Some folks think that God is always trying to rip them off. No, God has come to give us a free gift, and that gift is Jesus Christ. Some of the shepherds might have been too busy to go to Bethlehem. And there's a lot of people today, and they're too busy for God. They're busy doing everything else. Over the last couple of days, we went to Branson, okay? And we had this great idea. We're going to go to Branson and spend a, a, like a day and a half or something. And we got down there, and, man, it was so busy, okay? There's so many people. We said, when, when are we going to be able to have fun? We've got to get past all the people, so let's just go back home. No, we stayed there, okay? We had a great time. Had a, had a wonderful time uh, getting together. And I know this is a busy time of year, but there are some folks today, and they're too busy to find Jesus. They're too busy to turn their attention to Jesus. Some people think that Jesus is just for children, but Matthew chapter 18, verse 3 and 4 says this, Then Jesus said to them, he said, I tell you the truth, unless you turn from your sins and become like little children... You will never get into the kingdom of heaven. So anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. We need a firsthand encounter with Jesus. We need a childlike faith when it comes to knowing Jesus and meeting Jesus. You see, there are some people that receive the gift instantly. There are some people and they say, we say, here's a gift. This is Jesus and like a little child, they instantly, they just reach out and, and they receive that gift. There are other peoples, and it takes years for them to receive the gift. They examine the gift. They look at the gift. They consider the gift before they're ready. I was talking to a lady a few years ago, and uh, she had been part of a, uh, I'm not going to tell you the name of it, but she, her and her family had been part of a cult for many years. And she was raised in this particular religion. And she said, you know, we thought everyone else, she, she said, we thought all the other Christians were wrong. She thought all the other Christians and all the people that believed in the Bible were completely wrong. So she said, one day someone had witnessed to her about the, the simplicity of the gospel message. Someone had witnessed to her about the simplicity of, of God's truth that's revealed in the Bible. So she received that word. There's a seed that was planted in her heart. And she told me, she said, for the next three years, she said, I begin a pursuit to find Jesus. I begin a pursuit to find the truth, to find the reality. She said, I bought three or four different translations of the Bible. 
I read them from cover to cover. And after three years of examining all the scripture and three years of examining all the truth, I came to this realization two days ago. She had called me on the phone at the church office. She said, two days ago, I came to the reality that Jesus was true. He was the Messiah. He was the Savior. She said, after three years of studying, Frank, she said, I knelt down two days ago and made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. You see, some people are like a little child. And they just hear the word. They just accept the word. Maybe there are those of you and you accepted Jesus Christ at a very early age. There might be some of you and you've maybe been a little bit skeptical for a long time. And like that lady, you need evidence. You need, and I, I would encourage you to, to study the word of God. I would encourage you to, to ask God to, to, to reveal himself unto you and reveal the gift. Every one of us needs a firsthand encounter with Jesus Christ. You see, some people meet Jesus because they're following the crowd. Some people meet Jesus because of the pushing and prodding of a friend or neighbor. Some people are encouraged by a parent or a spouse or a friend or a coworker or, a, or an acquaintance. I have a couple of friends, and they told me, they said, the reason we went to church in the first place was because every time we'd pick up our kids from the babysitter, the babysitter would tell us, you need to go to church with me. They said, we had never been to church. We, we were, you know, had, had, it wasn't really for us. But this lady kept pestering us. This lady kept bothering us. This lady kept telling us we needed to go to church. So they said one, one week we made up our mind we was going to go to church. So she would just stop prodding us and telling us what we needed to do. And here's what they did. They went to that church service. They heard the gospel message. They had an encounter with Jesus Christ and accepted Christ as a personal Savior. Every one of us, God is calling every one of us to have a personal encounter with Jesus Christ. A genuine encounter changes everything in your life. When you have an encounter with Jesus, your life will never be the same. When the, Je when the shepherds saw Jesus, they witnessed the glory of God. They came from curiosity. Listen to this, okay? One of the best lines of this sermon, they came from curiosity, but they saw the reality. They experienced the reality. They sensed the drawing and the leading of the Holy Spirit and realized this, Jesus was just not simply a curious sight, but he was alive, that he was real, that God came to change the world. We all need a genuine encounter with Jesus Christ. The second point, your future changes when you meet Jesus. The shepherds came from curiosity and wondered, wonder, but they experienced Jesus Christ and their destiny was changed forever. They praised God in that stable. As the host of heaven declared the greatness and the glory of Jesus Christ, and when they left that stable, the Bible says this, they went back to their flocks, they went back to their fields, they went back to their occupation. But when they went back home, they were never the same again because of that encounter with Jesus Christ. They didn't talk the same. They didn't act the same. They didn't, they didn't there was a spring in their step. There was joy in their heart. They, they knew that their future was not, they were not destined for, for death and doom and destruction, but they knew that because of Jesus, that their future was life and hope and joy in the Lord. 
and they had a testimony to share with everyone they met. They, they shared their experiences with everyone else, and that first Christmas changed their future. It changed your future. You see, when, when you meet Jesus, things change in your life. When Jesus touches your life, you'll never be the same again. They went back home. They went to their families. They went back to their business, but now they were different. They didn't act. They didn't talk the same. They carried the message of hope. When we meet Jesus, our future changes. When we meet Jesus, our life begins to change. My pastor used to say, when you, when you get saved, it'll do more than cut your liquor bill in half. Can I get a witness? Okay. It'll change your attitude. It'll change your goals. It'll change your aspirations. He will change your life. We become a new creature in Christ Jesus. The old things are passed away. All things become new. Everything changes. Our future changes when we meet Jesus. Our attitude, the Prince of Peace comes into our life. When Jesus comes, we have rest and comfort and hope in spite of the storm. We have a different mindset. You say, Pastor Bob, you're saying that I'm going to be perfect now. Well, no, but you know this, that you're forgiven. Humanly, in the human sense, we're not perfect, but we take on the righteousness of God, all right? And we're not perfect. We, make, we, we do stumble, we do fall, but we have an advocate with the Father. We have Jesus Christ, and we go to him. So I ask you the question, what could our future look like with Christ in our life? With, what could our future look like with, with Christ as our Savior? Psalms chapter 87, verse 7 says this, So each generation should set its hope anew on God and not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his command. What could the future of your family look like with Jesus as your Savior? What could the future of your marriage look like with Jesus as your Savior? What could the lives of your children and grandchildren look like? You say, well, Pastor Bob, my family, we've been nothing but, but addicts and alcoholics all of our life, and that's probably what our future and probably where our destiny is. Listen, Jesus, when, when there's an encounter with Jesus... When there's a true encounter with Jesus, he changes our future. When you fully receive the gift of Jesus, Jesus changes everything in your life. He takes us exactly as we are. I talk to folks all the time, and they tell me this. They say, well, one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to clean my life up. I'm going to straighten my act up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to do the right thing. I'm going to talk the right way. I'm going to have a lot of good works, and then I'm going to go, and then I'm going to be a Christian. No, that's not how it works. He takes us exactly where we are right now. At this, this is a starting point. Time of new beginnings, like, like Will said. It's a time of new beginnings when Jesus comes in. And when we fully receive the gift, everything changes in your life. You see, you can be rich and miserable. You can be educated to the world's greatest standards, and you can die in your sins. When the shepherds met Jesus, he changed everything in an instant. When your whole life, you see, when your whole life revolves around yourself, when your whole life revolves around solving all of your own problems, you know what happens? Your problems just get bigger and bigger. 
You say, well, I'm a self-made individual and I can just solve all my own problems. You're never going to do that. It's never going to happen. Well, there's always going to be difficulties. There's always going to be problems. We've got to take our life and turn it over to Jesus. And the shepherds met Jesus. He changed everything in an instant. When we, when we find Jesus, we find him as Lord and Savior. On that first Christmas, the shepherds saw the glory of the Messiah. They knew that their destiny to, was to share the hope of Jesus Christ. Last thing I want to talk to you about is this. Christmas future is sharing the hope of Jesus with a world that's searching. There's a lot of people that's looking, they're longing, they're searching. You say, well, how do you know? Because all I got to do is just do a little channel surfing, okay, on my television set, and I can find people that's doing seances, and they're looking for a higher power, and they're, they're into New Age, and they're into witchcraft, and they're into all kinds. Of, you know what? You say, why? Because they're searching. Several years ago, we were meeting in the American Legion, some of you guys can still remember that we're meeting over there. Elena's can. Some of you guys can. We met over in the American Legion. And uh, one night, uh, it was Halloween. We're having a little Halloween thing, a little fall festival deal going on there. And uh, I was out there. We're getting a start. And there's a guy parked out there. And I went over and struck up a conversation with him. And I said, yeah, I'm a pastor. We have a church here. We're having a little, we're having a little fall festival tonight. He said, I know who you guys are. I said, well, he said, I know you guys have been meeting here. The guy told me he was a warlock. He said, we have ceremonies here. And so sure enough, a little bit later that night, I opened the back door and they're out there burning black candles. Okay. You say, did that scare you? No, it didn't scare me a bit. You know why? It showed me this. He was searching. He was longing. He was looking for something. You know what he was looking for? He was looking for a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Didn't bother me at all. My heart went out to that, it, that man. That, my heart went out to those individuals because they were searching. There's a world today that's looking, they're longing, they're searching for something. And Christmas future is sharing the hope of Jesus with a world that is searching. You see, when Jesus Christ saves your life, you got to tell somebody. We used to sing this old song. You got to tell somebody. Stand up and testify. Can you tell somebody? Remember that song? That's a pretty yeah. cool song. You know? yeah. We'd really get going, man. We'd get the plan of singing that song. You got to tell someone. You got to tell someone what God did for you. You got to tell someone, well, yeah, I was all screwed up. Jesus, I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. Everything began to change. My life began to change. My thought life began to change. My goals, my ambitions, my aspirations, all of these things began to change in my life. When Jesus saves your life, you got to tell somebody. One night, when I was 16 years old, me and my best friend, Ed Sylvie, and my younger sister, Kathy, I want to say her name, and, and Eddie's little brother, Gary, we were coming home. We've been at tractor pull. Does anyone ever go to tractor pulls anymore? I'm not really a country type person, but my buddy was because he was from like Russellville. I was like, hey, let's go to this tractor pull. It's like, what's a tractor pull? You know, it's like, okay, let's go to the tractor pull. So we go to the tractor pull in Tipton and we're hanging out. We're watching the tractors, you know, doing all this pulling and all this stuff like that. Because, you know, it is a tractor pull, okay? It is a tractor pull. 
went there. Then we get in the truck, and my buddy Eddie was a horrible driver. Man. And so we're on, I think it was like U Highway. U Highway goes from Centertown over to Russellville, and it's a real windy, crooky, crooked turning road. And what I didn't tell you about was that when we got to the truck in Tipton, we wouldn't let his brother and my sister sit in the cab of the truck with us. We made them sit in the bed of the truck. Now, that was back in the day when you could let people sit in the bed of You guys ever sit in the bed of a truck and drive around like it was nothing? Okay. Nowadays, it's like, you know, our kids are going to be strapped in. It's like, like they're going to the moon or something like that, you know. And so, anyway, we forced them to ride in the back of the truck. And they get back there. And so we're on this U highway, and it's a really windy, curvy road, and we're driving. And my buddy, he's not the greatest driver in the world, hits the shoulder, and when he does, he loses control of the truck and rolls the truck, okay? And my sister and her young boyfriend are in the bed of the truck, okay? And so the truck lands upside down in a ditch, and I jumped out of the truck, and I'm yelling for my sister, Kathy, 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 and she's not saying anything. It's like, oh, my, she's dead, you know? I keep yelling, I keep yelling, and then finally... She says, I'm right here. And I said, why in the world didn't you answer me whenever I called your name? She said, because gas was pouring all over me, and I thought I was going to get in my mouth. <laughs> you know? So it's like, wow, let's get away from this truck as quick as possible, because it's probably going to explode in a minute. You know? And so what we did was we got out, we got uh, from there, we ran down that U highway, we went to a farmhouse, we knocked on the door, and the farmer and his wife came to the door, and uh, we told them that God saved our life. Amen. Amen. We, we, we were, you see, when, when Jesus saves your life, you got to tell someone, somebody, and we were telling these people what God had done for us. And that's exactly what the shepherds did. They told everyone. Everywhere that they went, they told them, them that the Messiah had come, that Jesus was alive that he was real, and they shared Jesus. I'm closing today. I'm finished this morning. You see, they shared Jesus with everyone that they met. And sometimes we share Jesus and people just receive instantly. Sometimes we share Jesus and people say, I don't believe in that nonsense. I just, that's for little kids. That's for grandma. That's for someone else and another generation, and they just don't believe it. But here's what the shepherds did. They kept telling the story. They kept sharing their faith. And so, you see, every one of us, in, in summary, every one of us need a firsthand encounter with Jesus. Every, every one of us need a, an experience of salvation with Jesus Christ. That, that's God's will. He's not willing that any would perish, but that all would come to eternal life. So every one of us, every person, Every man, every woman, every, every young adult, every teenager, every child needs that firsthand experience with, with Christ. And when he comes, our future changes. When he comes, our life is turned upside down. We're not the same. We don't talk the same. We don't act the same. We don't think the same anymore. You say, well, I, I still think the same. Uh, 
I still act the same. Well, listen, if, if you allow God to deal with you and speak to you and help you and lead you in your, in your path, the Holy Spirit is living on the inside of you after we've accepted Christ our Savior. The Holy Spirit is living on the inside of us. He's done a, he's done a work of making us a new creature. And then the Holy Spirit begins to speak to us. The Holy Spirit begins to convict us about certain behaviors and certain lifestyle. Things change when Christ comes. Our, our future changes when we meet Jesus. Everything changes when we have that personal, firsthand encounter with Jesus Christ. And then finally, we realize that it's all about sharing Jesus with, with other people. It's all about sharing the treasure with people that are searching, because this world is full of people that's looking. They're longing. They're searching today for something, for something that's real. They've tried everything else, and nothing else has brought joy or fulfillment or contentment or satisfaction. They're looking for something today. And so Christmas future is about sharing our hope. It's about sharing our testimony. It's about telling someone what God has done for us. Say, listen, yeah, I still have problems. I still have adversity that I go through, but God gives me strength. God is my source. And every single day, I'm rededicating my life to him. Every single day, I'm renewing my faith in him, and he's helping me in my journey. God bless you today. I want to thank you for being with us this morning. And we're going to close with prayer. And I just pray that God would bless every one of you. If there are those of you that do not know Christ your Savior, I want to encourage you to make him the Lord of your life. Maybe there's someone today and you need to renew your faith or rededicate your life to Christ. I want to give you that opportunity to do that as we, as we pray today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this Christmas season. And I pray, God, that the focus will be upon Jesus. We thank you, God, for our friends and family. We thank you, God, for the time that we're going to have to get together and, and share our gifts and share our love and share our time together. But God, help us to realize that the real reason for Christmas is, God, so you can reconcile yourself back to fallen man. That you came, that your son came as a baby, born in a manger, laid in a stable. The angels of heaven declared his, his greatness and his power and his authority. God, help us to realize and to seek that firsthand encounter with the Son, Jesus. Help us, God. If we don't know Christ, I pray today, God, we'll accept him as, accept Jesus as Savior. I pray, God, if we, if we don't know Christ, that we'll believe that he lived a perfect, sinless life. We'll believe that he died upon the cross for our sins. We'll believe that he rose again. And today, God, we confess all of our sins and we declare that Jesus is the Lord of our life. Bless us. There's those today that's here in this place or they're watching online. There's someone that needs to rededicate themselves to Christ. And I pray this morning, God, that we do that. We come just exactly as we are. We, we just lay our whole life out before you because you love us, you care for us and bless us. 
and help us today to grow, to learn. There are some of us, God, that's going through seasons of struggle and difficulty. We're fighting for air. We're fighting for freedom. We're fighting for deliverance. But God, I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit, you'll do that work. Do that work, God, of freedom and deliverance in individuals' lives today. Bless them, help them, lift them up today. And I pray, God, as you've done a great work in our life, that we'll share the hope of Jesus with other people that's looking, they're longing, they're searching for something genuine and something real. And God, let us be instruments that Christmas future is about us sharing our hope with others. In Christ's name.